You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com. And I am joined, as always, by the Maxi to my Caliber. Caliber. The editor of the Smoking Cuban. What you got for me, Isaac? Dikembe Maxi Matumbo. Instead, Maximus inst- Matumbamus. Instead of your theory of Maxi being Dirk's kid, what if he's Matumbo's kid? No. Dirk has had five blocks in a game 11 times in his career so Uh, well max it was the maxi show tonight even though they lost it was awesome seeing maxi dude just for like those three or four sequences but it was totally worth it yeah and just seeing how pumped he got about it afterwards like he couldn't help i mean i was so pumped watching him watching him ball out but but then Kyrie's just setting off in the distance waiting for the fourth quarter just like lurking he's like a shark (laughs) He's like a shark. He's like a shark. We're all just swimming in his tank, his flat tank. His flat tank. Uh, hats off to Dennis, though, man. That's my. Uh, we've said it before. Like, it's my favorite part of Dennis is his swag and Kyrie. You know, yep. I don't think Kyrie meant anything by what he did. Um, no, that was, that was a basketball play foul. Yeah, but well, him like just raising up his arms, like he was. I think it was just inadvertent that Dennis was right behind him when he raised up his elbow and hit Dennis in the head and. You know, Dennis obviously responded with his with his talk, and he was ready. He was ready. You can tell. I think when he responds like that, you know that he was like thinking about that matchup all day. I know, man. I and I I, I tweeted this out tonight. I'm like, I want to see a low key Le- LeBron like on Instagram on like the House of Highlights tonight, and they're showing that <laughs> and Dennis up in Cairo. I just want to see a little like since LeBron likes Dennis. Oh, you know, the we gotta love it. Uh-oh. That'd be awesome. Anyway. Or if he comments, or if he comments, uh, the uh, slang slang master going after the kid, or something like that. Something going <laughs> after something something with the kid in it, because that's the only thing he calls the he, Kyrie. He's like, "That's my boy," or "That's my kid." Dot dot dot. Hashtag Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So yeah, the Mavericks lost last night, ninety seven to ninety to the Boston Celtics. It did not take overtime this time. It only took a third quarter and a fourth quarter. It only took a second half, basically. Yeah. It was a fun (laughs) game, though. Fun game. It was a pretty good game. Second half was just, eh. I mean, the uh, Mavericks just got outscored by 16 points in the second half. Third quarter. Third quarter is brutal again. I mean, not as brutal, but. I mean, still, they got outscored by what? I don't know, seven points, eight points, something like that. Yeah, it was 23 to 16 in the the third quarter. Uh, But Maxi Kleber had five blocks in this game, two of them in the same possession, one of them on Horford, another one on uh, Tease. And uh, it was just awesome. It was good. Like like Isaac said, it was awesome to see him get into it. Uh, I've been a Kleber the entire season. I'm glad to see that this starting lineup is really, you know, setting form and when we get to talk about seth curry it's gonna be very interesting trying to figure out no it's simple it's simple nick it's really simple you just put nick you just put seth into the starting lineup and give maxi all of dwight powell's minutes 
It's that simple. I don't know. I think there's something about starting Maxi though, specifically starting him. Well, well, Seth will start. They're not going to bring Seth off the bench. I like Maxi in there, and Maxi's like doing his thing, but they're not going to start Maxi over Seth though. So, I don't, I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm saying that, that that is not what they should do. Oh no no no! Oh yeah. <laughs> now we're not. What, what they should do is a whole different story. I mean, we're just saying like what yeah. what they will do. What they should do, so let's talk, well, we can talk about that later because we have all the time to do that. Today, what we're going to talk about is uh, the Nerlens Noel situation. So if you don't care about this, then you, you can stop listening because we're, we're going to talk about the Nerlens Noel situation. Isaac did an interview with him that is up on the Smoking Cuban. He did a one-on-one sit down with him. We're going to go through a lot of that. And then uh, there's some news about him today. Uh, other news for the Mavericks is uh, it's been reported that Jonathan Motley is going to be sent up to the Mavericks uh, to play. Isaac and I were talking about this during the game. Not really sure where he's going to get minutes. Uh, Dwight's and it's uh, and it's odd that they it's the reason why they're it it's odd that they're sending him on a road trip because every day he's with the team counts as you know his days uh, up with the up with the Mavericks and so any of their travel days they count as one of the days. So this is just odd to me that they would send him up during this road trip like this, even though it's not a super long road trip. It, it's just weird to me. Yeah, really um, weird timing move. We felt like, you know, there's been some grumblings. I know some other media people and some Mavs uh, people. I was talking to them last game, and uh, we were talking about, hey, when, you know, when is Motley going to get called up? And they were, they were wondering the same thing because he's been playing so well for the Legends. And um, it's just kind of where's Rick going to fit him in? Um, is he going to take you know some away from Dwight Powell's minutes? I mean, even tonight. I mean, we didn't see Salah until like kind of like late in the game, and you know you you have to wonder how Barnes is going to get his minutes. His you know thirty five to forty minutes, and so you know only got thirty three tonight. I was kind of surprised. But. Yeah, it's just like you know how you know where's Molly going to fit in with Powell, with Dirk, with Maxi, uh, with Maxi playing so well, and all of that. So. Uh, we'll see. I'm excited for it. Uh, you, you tweeted at me a lineup. You're like, man, I'd like to see this lineup. I'm like, I'm completely down for that lineup. But like, um, you just yeah. I, te- I texted that to you so to to tell everybody about our personal conversation. We uh, <laughs> we want to see the we want to see the Motley Maxi, uh, Barnes, Yogi, Dennis. That's the lineup we want to see. Basically, the young guys. That's that's the lineup I want to see. Maybe throw Antonius Cleveland in there instead of instead of Barnes. Antonius. Just throw all the young throw all the young guys in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that they, they gotta we gotta get Motley at some point this season, uh, with just how the season's going and how you know we figure Dallas will finish the season. So it's good. I hope Motley. I, I just hope they don't bring him up and just set him on the bench like like Cleveland's getting these, you know, these games counted you know towards his you know time right now and he's not even like playing at all. Yeah, he played four seconds today. So you just kind of wonder like how you look at some of these teams like the Clippers and their two way guys are like starting. And not saying not saying our two A guys should <laughs> yeah. be starting, but like it's you know those those days out of those forty five days are being put to you know really good use for those teams and you know Cleveland and now you know potentially Motley their forty five you know some of their days of their forty five things is going to be riding the end of the bench so 
I don't know. Yeah, and we have to imagine one one of the reasons why Jiverson is no longer on the team is because they used up a ton of his days. Like I feel like they used a whole month of his <laughs> of his days. Yeah. Just because he was with the team all the time and you know just sitting on the bench, do, you know, not getting in at all. So, all right, Nerlens Noel Isaac will be undergoing surgery to repair a, a torn ligament in his thumb. We sort of knew about this. But didn't really know that it was gonna go this far. Yeah, I mean, the thumb thing—it's not fake. I mean, that—that—that's just. Yeah, I, I've seen that going around places on on, on Twitter and stuff. It, why? <laughs> why would you send a guy to surgery? Like, maybe you'd shut him down, but why would you send a guy to surgery if you know? Well, it doesn't make. Sense. So here's the thing: it's it's not fake. Um, there's an in between with this. The thumb thing, it's real. Is it? He really does have a thumb. <laughs> it's it's just <laughs> not. This is a chess move by my Nerlens' camp. I mean, in my opinion, I'm just going to speak my whole thing with this. As far as we t- we talked briefly about it off the record in, in in our interview thing, just kind of chatting a little bit about it. The thumb thing, it is it's it's apparent. It's not something that's just made up. Or whatever. Um, I'll say this, I think, and he, I think he even acknowledged this before the Boston game today. We even saw a video of Earl you know, tweeting out that he was out there. If this was the playoffs or if this was him having a huge role in the team or something like that, or if he was already, um, I don't know how, how to say it, I don't know if we'd be seeing the surgery right now. Um, this is a decision that, that Nerland's made. This is Ner- Nerland's camp's making it, and it's the best move that you could possibly do. I'm all aboard what's what's going on. Uh, I think Earl even tweeted out that Cuban even said, you know, or Noel made this decision um, to to have this surgery. And that's why I texted you when I first saw it. When I first saw the tweet saying that Carlisle said it pregame today in Boston, I just started laughing because I was like, good job, Nerland's. Like, that's your move. Like, if you're sitting on the bench, it's – it's like if you, it's like if you know you you get low, let go of your job or something, and you're like, oh crap, I have all this time in the world. Now is the best time for me to get an ACL surgery or to fix that one, you know, not an ACL because that's massive. But now is the time for me to fix, you know, something that's been lingering on me or something because I got all the time in the world. But it's not something you have to do, you know. So that's how and it and it also seems like you're doing something in the time off exactly and now you have now There's you get reason. out of the spotlight now because you're in Nerland's camp and you're sitting with rich paul like it's obviously a disaster right now you're setting the bench and all this stuff but hey like yeah i got a problem with my thumb i could play through it probably we see him going through pregame warm-ups how many times have you ever seen a player be announced pregame that he's going to have a surgery and then they say he's going to be out multiple weeks, and then that same night he has a he goes through pregame warmups <laughs> and utilizes that body. He can part. play through it like it. This is not like a like something that they've been. No, it's just simple. He's not. He's not in the future. He's not gonna. He's not a maverick going down the down the road. And it's it's Nerlens and Rich Paul saying, you know what? Like if you're not gonna play us, whatever. Let's just go ahead and fix that thumb. See ya. Like let. So that that's why I'm saying like that's that's my take on that. That's my opinion that you know. But we even seen it. We even seen a tweet from Earl saying that Cuban said like Noel made this decision. Like we've been talking with them, but but Nerland's made the decision to do the the thumb surgery now. And hats off, man. Like 
I'm happy for him. That's exactly what I would do if I was him. Go ahead and get it's it also, fixed. It's also a left thumb, so it's not like he, you know, he, he's not shooting with it. So, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, so he can go out there and shoot around. He's not, you know, it's not one of those things where it's a shoulder and he's going out. It's not, he's not like Kobe when he got his rotator cuff fixed and he's out there shooting. Like, you know, it's not that. Yeah, you yeah. Know, and like the thumb thing, you know, it's been listed on the uh, the injury report. Uh, you know, at different, you know, past, you know, um, box score stuff. It's been on bleach, uh, not bleach report, basketball reference and stuff. And listen, I'm not saying that I knew the surgery was coming. I didn't, I'm not saying that I knew the thumb was an issue. I knew that we chatted about it personally, but like, I didn't like the way our interview went and stuff too. Like you don't say some of these things, like you don't say some things off the record if if you know if you can't play like if you can't play because of an injury you're not saying some of the things you're saying on the record or off the record about how you're ready to play you know it's this is clearly a it's their can't move like hey we got time you're not going to play us we're not in your rotation we're not part of your future so why not we why not make use of this time of sitting on the bench and let's go fix something do you want to read down the line even farther and do you want to speculate even more and saying you know what if you're Nerlens in camp and I'm not saying this at all I'm not saying that this is what they're doing this is totally speculative if you're Nerlens in camp saying you know what I'm not even going to let you get anything for me on the 15th because I'm not even going to let you entertain it. I'm going to go ahead and get surgery to knock me out for a while. <laughs> let them, let them wait. I mean, even though you control it, even though you can say yes or no, but let the Mavericks wait. If they don't want to play you, they don't want to do this whole thing. It's there's a back and forth right now. And this is the latest chess move, chess piece uh, move from Nerlens and Rich Paul's camp, in my opinion. It makes sense. It's, you know, all those things that you just said, it, it, to me, it also can show other teams that, you know, there was an issue. Maybe teams that aren't as like locked in with his situation will look at it and say, Oh, well he had this thumb injury. And that was the reason why, you know, (laughs) that was the reason why he wasn't playing as much. Now I don't know if he could say that though. I asked him point blank. Why are you not playing? He says, I do not know. I can't give you an answer. (laughs) Wouldn't it be perfect for him to say, if you're the player of saying, oh, man, I got a thumb issue right now. You know, that's why I can't play and stuff like that. That would be the answer. That would let that you off. That, be, that would be the That answer. would let you off the hook instead of, man, I'm I don't trying to help you, Nerlens. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to help you, giving you giving you a reason. <laughs> like, that would be a good reason. But I, I you're right. You, that He did say that in your interview. Uh, so I guess, you know, <laughs> all this stuff. Before we get into the interview, though, uh, Carlisle gave us, or not Carlisle, Cuban gave a statement today about Nerland's situation. And I, I really, I, I liked it. I liked what he said. I think that he was totally right. Uh, this is what Mark Cuban said. I give Nerland's a ton of credit. I had this conversation with him. He could have been disruptive, but he wasn't. He could have been down and dragged some of his teammates down, and he wasn't. It was just the opposite. In one of the most difficult situations, in a contract year for him, he's been beyond professional. He's cheering his teammates on. Yeah, he's disappointed, but this could have gone a hundred different ways, and ninety-nine of them were bad. Nerlens took the decision that was a pos- the direction that was a positive one. I give him a ton of credit; he deserves a ton of credit. That's from uh, Ballin with Brian on Twitter. Uh, I agree. I, for you know, for all the rumblings that we heard in in Philadelphia about him being upset and him being mad and saying I'm not an eight-minute player, and you know all this stuff. Like, 
we haven't seen any of that publicly at least we haven't seen any of that even privately when we've you know we've talked to him and even during your interview from what i gathered from you haven't seen him be necessarily disgruntled just like sort of confused sort of bewildered sort of just like you know i'm not i'm not playing but i'm still you know i'm still here yeah <laughs> like, and not, you know not mad at anybody it's not it's not his teammates fault so like i mean you don't like yeah, he, he, he loves his teammates. He loves his guys. He, you know, he wants to go to battle with, uh, you know, Antonius Cleveland's put back dunk the other day. He was, he was yeah. one of the first people off the bench. There's Nerlens over there standing up doing the raise the roof celebration tonight. You see, or, you know, last night, if you listen to this, like Maxi had all this blocks of stuff. Who was one of the people over there standing up, just cheering him on freaking Nerlens, man. And super props to him. That's, you know, I just kidded, uh, I just kidded somebody on staff with the Mavericks, uh, their PR department, the other day after this interview with Nerlens, and I said, he's handling this better than I would. If I was 23 (laughs) and I was in his boat and I was, like, in his spot – I like I would show my so much I would show my emotions so much more on my sleeve. Like I would be so pissed. And I like I know he's pissed, but like he 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 handles it, you know, as far as like hot dog thing aside, but just your even the hot dog thing was whatever. Yeah, but like I I don't know, I'd just be more mad. You know, I I would be one of those type of people that would be in the media saying, I don't know why Rick doesn't play me and it's his fault. You know, I would be saying stuff like that because I would be so I would let my emotions get the best of me and and Noel doesn't, man. He 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 is in for the long haul. Rich Paul and him have a plan, and let's see what that plan looks like. Would you have thrown the hot dog? Is that what you have done differently? Um, I would have taken. I would have eaten about half of it and then thrown it. <laughs> Isaac coming at you with the anger. <laughs> all right, so let's talk about your interview. It is on the Smoking Cuban right now. Go ahead and read all of that. Uh couple things I wanted to talk to you about and I'm not gonna give I'm not gonna give away a ton of his answers I want you guys to actually go read it because there's good stuff in it the vibe of the interview so you, you meet him at practice you sit down it's just the two of you guys what was the the vibe from you he's he's a really chill guy he talks about that and we'll mention that a little bit later but what what's the vibe that you're getting from him when you sit down you talk to him and you you, you hear his words with your really hard like tough questions yeah and, you know it's not something, you know, somebody tweeted at me and said, man, you're like, I forgot. I don't, it's ball. I, I guess we can say ballsy on the pod. Somebody said, you know, mm-hmm. like you're ballsy with your questions. I'm like, well, first off, these type yeah. of questions don't. You can say ballsy. <laughs> Why do you think we can't say ballsy? I don't know. <laughs> Our 1% of female. I wish you guys could see Isaac. <laughs> Isaac's face right now. Um, but like, first off, these questions don't come with like trust built up. Like Nerlens and I have talked ever since he's got here about life. They, and, they do come with trust. Like you've talked to Nerlens, like you've been around Nerlens. You've talked, you know. Yeah, I'm not saying we go shopping, grocery shopping and get a Kroger, but like like we have built a relationship. There's a select few people I would go grocery shopping with. <laughs> he knows that my wife is from Brazil. He knows I'm from Kentucky. He knows, yeah. like there's, a, like we have a personal level to that, to where I come at him with some of these questions. And listen, when I sit there and talk to him before this, I'm like, hey, if you don't want, if you don't like one of these questions, like, you don't have to answer it. Like, that's fine. I don't have to put it in the piece. And then afterwards, you know, we had a good little talk as far as like off the record and stuff. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not that type of dude. There's some people in this business that tries to set people up, that tries to create drama and stuff. That's not what I, I wanted him. And it's how I explained it. Like, I want to give you a chance to respond to some of these people that are saying, you're not a hard worker. You're not a, yeah. you know, you're this and that and pointing fingers at him that re- might not really know. And so, yeah, Nerland's super cool. You know, I talked to him about doing it and, you know, I was like, hey, let's do it after practice. And we went and sat down at this like Gatorade table and 
he's like, you know, we, hey, bro, how you doing? What you been up to? Different stuff. And, and I kind of gave him, I said, hey, I'm going to be really straightforward with some of these questions. He's like, yeah, man, I'm good. I'm good. Just smiling. He's good. This is how I say Nerlens is, he's, he's good right now. He's good mentally, but it's still frustrating. He's handling the best you can handle. Oh, sure. Kind of as far as the situation. He it's, It sucks. And he's not saying it's the perfect thing in the world, but he's also staying upbeat too. I mean, just the fact that first question I asked him about his mental state and the fact that he's saying, I'm looking forward to warmups. I'm looking forward to lifting before the games. I'm looking forward to, it's this mentally, he, he looks like he's you know incredible, like at a mental state of looking for these positives and trying to perfect down these, these workout routines, the warmups and everything that he can control. He's putting everything into that. At least that's what he says. You know, I mean, you, you can think from, from his perspective that he's doing that, but you know, that's, that's one thing that we don't know. We can't see. From can, you know. Yeah. And, and this is what I want to say with people who say, Nerlens isn't a hard worker. Nerlens isn't a hard worker, maybe to somebody's expectations. Like that's, we can't like, I'm not going to expand it like on too far, but like the expectations of what a good hard worker to a certain someone um, might not be that way for uh, for every person across the league in that position. So like, you know, that could, you know, build this, you know, expectation of saying, oh, he's not a hard worker because he doesn't meet these expectations of, you know, somebody else. And so that that's all I'm going to say, like with people are saying like, oh, he's not a hard worker. We all, relative. we all have a you know, different definition of what a hard worker is. And you look at this team, you have Dirk Nowitzki, who's arguably one of the hardest workers in the NBA history, <laughs> you yeah. know, like in the history of the league. Like some people say Kobe and all that, but Dirk had to work so hard to get where he is, you know, to perfect his jumper, to do all this, to overcome certain obstacles. I mean, the dude was a seven foot tall jump shooting big man that was not super athletic and played the four the, you know, against like Carl Malone and LeBron and, you know, like all these guys, it's amazing how much, how much he had to work. Then Harrison Barnes, who, as soon as he came in here, as soon as he stepped through the door, like as soon as the trade was, was finalized, they were lauding about how much of a hard worker he is. And then that comment about, you know, that was talking about Chandler Parsons and all that stuff, you know, not being a hard worker and all that stuff came out. Uh, Wesley Matthews come back from an Achilles injury that, you know, you have to be a hard worker to come back from that. And Nerland's made a comment about that. We'll talk about, uh, then you have Dennis Smith jr. His hard work has been talked about. Dwight Powell has been a guy that people have said, you know, works super hard and all this stuff is they said it's the hardest worker on the team. Yogi Ferrell seems like a guy that just works, works effortlessly. He's always there after practice. Every time I've gone, he's always there shooting after practice. I mean, you just have all the, like you said, you guys have all these guys on this team that are hard workers and that's what the Mavericks like. They like these, these guys that are, are workers and, and, and ballers. And I'm sure Maxi is like that too. I, I can see him as a guy that is just, in the gym working all the time but don't you but, you know she almost have to feel like there has to be some there has to be a few guys on your team that's not that way if that makes <laughs> sense like not every guy can be the hardest worker on your team i feel like that, i feel well, it's like just that's like, true. Not, like you have to like you almost have to have some guys on your team that not every single guy on your team that gets minutes is a certain prototype of a player and and i feel like that's okay like i mean it who's who am you i need I'm a, not, I'm not you a, need like a deshaun stevenson 
Exactly. And that, like, <laughs> you I know, wanted not to that say he wasn't a hard exactly. worker. I wanted to say something like that, but like, I don't want to imply that Deshaun's not a hard worker because you know, obviously he was. But like, you need like comparing him to a Dirk or you know even a Yogi or Harrison Barnes or something like that. You know, there's two, there's two different you know things with that. So to each their own. Yeah, it's it's a type of player. Not again for for me too. Not saying that Deshaun Stevenson wasn't a hard worker. He obviously made the NBA and had a career in the like a long career in the NBA. Dude, obviously worked. But yeah, the hard work stuff is is uh, is interesting. And uh, Nerlens responded to this. This is the one quote I did want to pull out of there. Is uh, when you asked him, he said when people say you're not a you know hard worker, he said I think you can make anything up. <laughs> I know I work hard and I do what I got to do. I know that the reason I'm in this position. I am in because I worked hard with injuries. I had the ACL injury. I had to work really hard to get back from that. It ain't really going to bother me. The ACL injury, I feel like may have been like a huge, massive obstacle for him. You know, it could have been, I don't know his home life or where he came from or anything. That could have been the hardest thing he's ever gone through. You know, that is a really tough thing. Just the whole, I mean, we've, we've mentioned that on a few pods back a few weeks ago about the mental side of some of these injuries and just mental, physical and everything to come for for especially a seven footer to come back from an ACL injury, an athletic seven footer to someone's to, uh, to Nerland's degree and to still be able to perform like Nerland's or at least, you know, jump like Nerland's can that we know he can right now and stuff that takes so much work to get back from that. And so when you say like, you almost see, like I could almost see it in his face and his eyes and I don't blame you, man. Like I would be the same way whenever you, you, you say the words, not a hard worker, and like if I'm Nerlens, that pisses me off, man. Like you, yeah. you don't freaking know me, you know. Like I came back from ACL, I I'm in the gym. You don't know what I do. Like it's that stuff like that to when, like I I get that. Like I I could see you know getting mad if I I've put in so much work like he has with the ACL and everything and come back to where he is now and um you know maybe he's not meeting some expectations uh, of some things on the side or around the edges and then. All of a sudden, that's coming out of sources saying, "Oh, he's not a hard worker," and like that—that that would, you know, naturally make me mad. The the other thing that I think goes against him, and you brought this up in the piece, is that he's just a chill guy. You know, like when you go up and talk to him, when you when like when I've approached him in the locker room, just like about random stuff or you know just anything, he's like he's like yeah, you know, just really chill, just the way that he talks. You, you know, you wouldn't expect him to be you know, like a, you know, really intense guy. And I think that go, that works against him in this situation, especially with this being this huge thing of, of hard work being a knock. Uh, we've seen this in the past where we see like super chill guys and you're like, is that guy, is that guy really work hard? You know, <laughs> because like you, and you think about Yogi and Nerlens and you like, if you, if you're picturing them going into a classroom, like let's say a college class, Yogi's going to sit on the front row and ask about right. 12 questions in the first like 20 minutes of class. Nerlens is going to sit on probably the second to back row, still take a lot of notes and just sit back there and never raise his hand and soak it all in. That's the differences you know, that he talks about. And he says, man, I'm just a chill guy. I just want to sit back. He said he's a sponge. That's yeah. how I feel that I'm the best. I'm not the first guy to talk. You know, when, when I come into the room, I'm not screaming, all this stuff. But he also mentions that he has another side too. He's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And I love his quote when he says, when I'm in my realm, I'll be throwing hard and there's not really too many people that can get my way and stop me. Like there's these two sides um, that when he's on his court, on the court, 
you know, he's that person, but off the court, uh, he's, you know, a very quiet, uh, reserved guy. And yeah, I agree with you. I, I think sometimes that could come across maybe to coaches or whoever that, oh, maybe he doesn't care as much. And so to me, all of this being said, you know, we're, we've, we've been like defending Nerlens this entire podcast. No, I'm I think going that, to. I think one of the reasons why we've seen the situation become what it is. There are certain players that will transcend any situation. We've seen this in Philadelphia right now is the the perfect example of this. Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons are going to transcend any single oper- any single situation in the NBA. They could have been on the terrible Brooklyn Nets. They could have been on the Bobcats that won like seven games that year, and those dudes would have ended up being all stars. Like those are guys that just transcend any with their personality and their game. You know, those guys are just in- incredible basketball players, incredible people. Nerlens might be a guy, and I'm not saying this is what he is. He might be a guy that needs a specific situation, both basketball fit-wise and off-the-court-wise. To me, it doesn't seem like he's ever really felt comfortable in the Mavericks organization. And you know how when you start at a new school or you start in a new year of, of school and you're like, okay, new year, new me. What, what if you go in and you don't really find a fit anywhere or you go to a new job or new, you know, new workplace, new something, you, you go into a new, just playing, you know, pickup, you go into a new squad, you never really find your role on the team and you just end up like meandering around for a while or, you know, you're in school and you just end up like, you know, I'm not really sure what group I, I'm in and all the stuff. You just end up meandering around, wandering around for a while and never really find your spot, and you could end up like wasting a whole year. You know, <laughs> I think it's just certain situations like that. I think Nerlens might need a specific place and a specific, you know, group. He came in here to the Mavericks last year, and he was the youngest guy on the team. I mean, how yeah. many people? How many people with with Justin Anderson gone? How many players on the team could actually like, you know, hang, like could Nerlens hang out with last year? Yeah. <laughs> You know, not many. He's coming in here with a, a team of, you know, Devin and, and JJ and, you know, and Harrison Barnes. I don't know if he would seem like a guy that would, you know, hang out with, with Nerlens. Uh, I guess, you know, Dorian would be a guy, I guess. But just there just wasn't any peers necessarily for him to hang out with. And so he seems like this this outlier. And then a, a, a situation like this arises and he was, you know, he was not he did not set himself up, nor was he set up to win in this type of situation. And that's why it's as bad as it has become. Yeah, I mean, you said it all good. I mean, I, I would I would love to see Nerlens in a situation uh, with a player's coach with a situation to where a team, a young team, like a rebuilding type of team that's going to commit to him and say, hey, we're going to name you our starting center and you're going to be that for this whole season but also has some vets on the team behind him that are not like threatening, but are like vet. Like if, if let's say hypothetically, let's say Phoenix had David Fisdale as a head coach or, you know, like a a player's coach as a head, a good player's coach. And you swap Nerlens out. I don't know, like Earl Watts. (laughs) And you swap Alex Lynn out (laughs) for Nerlens. And then they say, Hey, you're our starting center. You have Tyson Chandler and Jared Dudley on the bench, you know, alongside of you. Yeah. Like, and here's a good coach that's going to believe in you and that's going to push you. Like, that's the stuff I think he will thrive in. Uh, whether he can find that or not, um, we'll see. And then, you know, I asked him about the December 15th deadline and, you know, he pushed off, said, hey, I'm, you know, he 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 definitely knew of the deadline. When I'm, I mean, obviously <laughs> he should. Um, just, you know, talk to him about that. But he said, you know, his agent's handling that, Rich Paul, and 
He did say Rich Paul met with the Mavericks early on, talked with them about his playing time, ways that they could get on the court. Um, that obviously didn't um, work out um, because he still hasn't. Uh, <laughs> you imagine Rich Paul like handing Carlisle like a rotation minute sheet, like <laughs> like a spreadsheet of like this is where you should play him. Yeah, and say here, <laughs> how fast would, the, would that go in the garbage? <laughs> um, asking about all right. Well, I was just, so, a- Anything else on the on the Nerland situation, or just or your interview? Um, no. I mean, I just asked him, "Hey, is Dallas still in your future plans?" And you know, he just praised Dallas, and he gave a weird quote about Coach Carlisle that I put on Twitter, and everybody's like, "Did you typo this?" No, no I'm just I just <laughs> tweeted out. Um, but no, he said a couple different times, and I'll just read the last sentence. As far as a message to his fans, you know, he really appreciated that he still has fans that believe in his game and everything. But he just said, "Just know that the time is coming." And when it does, it'll definitely be a great time. And uh, it just, you, he, it's like he can see light at the end of the tunnel and he's just staying positive, getting better, and uh, just in his recovery and everything. I would like to see um, going forward with this like recover, or like recovery from the surgery. Um, will he be around the team? Will he be away from the team? Um, yeah. Just everything uh, with that. But it's a weird, weird, weird situation that's not over. It's not going to be over for a bit. Uh, but if I had to pick sides, I'm going to pick Nerland's aside. Um, I don't think it's a sides thing you have to pick. But I think the Mavericks uh, kind of botched this this thing. But we'll see, though. One thing I do hope, and we'll just end with this, is I hope this doesn't end up being a you know Rondo, Lamar Odom, you know even like a Chandler Parsons you know, situation where this guy, you know, like Nerlens ends up leaving and then people boo him, you know, just, I, I hope that it doesn't end up like that uh, in the end. He shouldn't get, That's he what. shouldn't get booed. And I think, you know, we'll see, we'll see him come back from the thumb thing. Uh, when he gets healthy or whatever, if that's, you know, January, I mean, trade deadline, I mean, trade deadline moved up this year. I think it's at the, you know, February 8th or something. So we're already in December. So we're looking at a m- month and a half yeah, away or something. True. So if New Orleans comes back before the deadline, um, I know I put out a piece on a smoking Cuban today is nine teams that, that could trade for New Orleans. And um, I'll just, I'll just say this, pay attention to some of these big center names on the market that, if the if X team trades their center, we're saying DeAndre Jordan, Mark Gasol, Hassan Whiteside. If these guys trade their center, not necessarily to Dallas, but they could try to swoop Dallas in as a third team to bring Nerlens in. If any of those three teams say, "Hey, we're going to rebuild now," you know, and say like if Marcus, let's say DeAndre Jordan goes to like Milwaukee or something, and then they call up Dallas and say, "Hey, can we swoop in Nerlens into this deal?" let him be our starting center for the rest of the year and see how it goes like that in you know potential rebuild. So just keep an eye on that. Not that the big name center would come to Dallas, but that they could get swooped into a three team and Nerlens finds a, a new home in a rebuilding situation. Yeah. And so the Clippers say, Hey Dallas, can you, you know, can we get Nerlens in this deal? And then Dallas says, okay, so what are we going to get from it? And they say, okay, we're going to send you the chair from the picture that Blake tweeted out <laughs> of the night that Deandre decided not to come to the Mavericks. All right. Last thing. I just saw this on Twitter. The tonight, the Boston Celtics were a seven and a half point favorite to win this game. They were up. <laughs> They were up by 10. Oh, my gosh. And Wesley freaking Matthews 
<laughs> threw up the final three at the buzzer and made it to make it a 90, 90 to 97 game. So the 7.5 that they did not cover. So that, that's pretty Wow. Nice. There's some pissed off people. <laughs> Especially in Boston. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Locked On Mavericks. Uh, continue to, to follow us at Nick Van Exit, at Isaac Harris NBA. Subscribe to the podcast if you have not. It is on iTunes. I think it's also on Stitcher uh, and on Megaphone. And I post it every day on Mavs Moneyball. Go look at Isaac's article on The Smoking Cuban. He's got a bunch going up all the time. And we have got some interesting stuff coming for you guys. We're, uh, we're pretty excited about some of our joint ventures. This uh, yeah. this this Nick Isaac thing is is, I think it's working out. I think it's working. We got some things working. Some things in the oven. In the ovens. Okay. Thanks, guys. Peace out. Boom. Boom.